we select John Moran at the top of Memphis's draft board here at 21, I'm told, Gonzaga's Brandon Clark. The Memphis Grizzlies select Jaron Jackson Jr. Bridge next game, you hear me? Hello, everyone, and welcome in to another episode of the Next Gen Podcast here on the Greasy Bear Blues Podcast Network. Coming with you with another great guest coming back on the pod for the second time. We got my guy, Anthony Sane. How you doing today, man? Man, you, you got me on too soon after a game, bro. You, you just, <laughs> we're recording this live. It's around uh, it's around 8.45 p.m. The Grizzlies just took a loss to Portland. Of course, I don't feel good, man. It's, yeah. Ah, there's too many, too many, too much of the same type of stuff, man. That we're when this ringing true every time we lose, and it's, yeah, it's starting to get really frustrating. Yeah, definitely. And I think, I mean, it really just comes down to, I think this whole stretch, the two things everybody's talked about is they haven't been able to hit threes, which was a problem tonight, and they haven't been able to hit mm-hmm. free throws. And I think that was a big thing tonight as well. I mean, they were at least a little bit better from the free throw line. Uh, they were twenty one out of twenty eight, but. The fact that that's a little bit better is the problem. I think they're actually better than their average. So, uh, but yeah, it was a tough way to lose that one, especially because they were up like twelve in that third quarter, and then just they they could not stop Damian Lillard or Anthony Simons in that fourth yeah. quarter. Like them them boys was cooking. Poor Dylan Brooks, man, just you know getting a yeah, he was getting the bed in his hand today, and it's like yeah, and, man, he was good work. <laughs> It's not even like some of them. It's not even like bad defense either. Like some of them, it's like you know. Oh, they just you just get cooked by master shells, bro. For real, like yeah. Damon and uh, Simon's are two of the two master shells. For real, they will cook you for sure. So uh, yeah, Dylan was playing. His defense was fine. He was just getting murdered by both of them today. They were taking turns on that man. But anyway, yeah, definitely. And then that's what I was saying earlier. I was like Anthony Simon's. He must have just taken over. He took over right where CJ McCollum left off. I swear. Oh yeah, for sure. But younger, yeah. Yeah, he, mm-hmm. like like he they they got another one, another Grizz killer just coming up like that. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, and then another thing I did want to talk about. It looked like Jaron might be hurt. Uh, probably is not gonna play in that Cleveland game that's coming up. Uh, when this drops, it'll be the day of that game. I'm saying he's probably not gonna play. I don't know how bad it is. He did mm-hmm. finish the game, so I'm thinking it's probably not too bad. But just knowing yeah. how they are with injuries, I'd be very surprised if he plays in Cleveland. Yeah, they might as well just throw the G League team out there. They're not going to play Jaren because it's going to be tough. But you're already down Steven Adams. So, yeah, definitely. We'll see. We'll see. How many uh, blocks did Jaren finish with? Like six of them? Yeah, he fi- he finished with six. You know, all, all of them all of them counted too. You know, none of that uh, Reddit stuff they were talking about earlier this week. Right. But right. Uh, yeah, six blocks. And then Ja had a really good game. He would have had a triple double, but they took away one of his rebounds. Uh, but 32 points, 12 assists. Uh, he he did about as much as you could. Besides, he missed free throws. That was the only thing, uh, which that was a big mm-hmm. problem. But I mean, when you consider all the other stuff he did, it's kind of hard to really put it on him. But I mean, you got to make free throws. That's end of the day. Uh, but I mean, another good performance from him. They just like like we said when we first came in, they couldn't get it done down the stretch. I mean, they got outscored uh in the fourth quarter, thirty eight to twenty two. And that's that's the mm-hmm. whole game. So it's like you, you can't get outscored by 16 in the fourth. And then just some of the play calls and stuff in the fourth quarter, it kind of looked out of whack, even when they did score. Like I remember that play where it ended up in Jaron scoring and it just looked like 
all out of whack. They were passing it behind themselves to each other and stuff. It, mm-hmm. it was just a bunch of weird stuff going on down the stretch of that game. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, um, tough loss tonight, uh, for sure, playing against the Portland team. We just got two insane shot makers. Plus, I, I tweeted this out too, man. Just a lot of opportunities that seems like the Grizzlies had to kind of stretch the lead out and kind of put the game away. Uh, when you just let gave Portland an opportunity to get back in it, that stretch where they had the the four point play uh, mm-hmm. uh, on uh, Zaire Williams, and then that turned into another three pointer. But that was like a seven point possession. Like that kind of yep. stuff kills you, man. And just a lot of opportunities. Grizzlies had to put this game away. And they just couldn't capitalize. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but the purpose of this podcast, really, the reason I brought you on is because the trade yep. deadline is exactly a week away. And yeah, I think that and you know I want to get some asses up out of here. <laughs> I, yeah, I know, I know you. I, there's a lot of people that want to. I mean, you go through. I I guarantee you, I haven't really looked at it. Uh, mm-hmm. like right after the game, but I guarantee you, there's people on there right now calling for people. Oh yeah, <laughs> to be traded and everything. Yeah, so it should be, man. Yeah, I, and I think the thing is, they definitely have the assets to do it, even without including. You could really say probably including any of the starting five. You yeah. could probably still make some pretty solid trades, and I think that's yeah. the good thing. The only problem is matching money in some of the deals is going to be hard because they got so many low contracts because they got all these rookies and, like, second- and third-year players. Uh, but before we get into specific players, I just want to see where are you, like, who who is on the untouchable list? Like, I know it's I know it's Josh, Aaron, and Bain. That's not even a question, I say, for basically everybody. But then it's like after that is when people kind of get a little – you can go either way because I don't know. Dylan Brooks is kind of like on the, mm-hmm. he's like on the line. I think Steven Adams is going to be here. I think that's, that's not a question. I think Steven Adams is going to be here, but out of the starting five, I say probably Dylan Brooks would be the highest chance to get traded out of anybody. I still don't, I still think they probably won't trade him. The only guy that I could see them trading him for would be maybe OG Ananobi. That would be mm-hmm. the only guy though. I don't know if there's anybody else that they would trade him for. Yeah, I'm about to be disagreeing with you for about 30 minutes. Seems like how, how long are we doing this for? <laughs> hey, as long as long as we need to go, man. Um, untouchable. Untouchable means there is not a trade I would make for this player. Mm-hmm. I don't think Jaron nor Desmond Bain are on that list for me. Okay. Um, it would take a hell of a good trade to get rid of Jaron. It'll take a hell of a good hell of a good trade to get rid of Bain. But Bain's list is a little longer than Jaron's. Like Jaron is more untouchable than Bain is. Mm-hmm. Um, that foot stuff scares me, man. Like that could be, that could be bad. Like the stuff with Zaire scares me too. You know what I mean? You're talking about knees and feet, yeah. guys. All those things could be bad. Jaron had his foot stuff, you know, and he's transitioned this game. But that kind of stuff can, yeah, man. I th- I just think it's it's um. Um, something has to be done with this team, man. Like our wing depth is terrible, and I was one of the main people, and I still am, uh, when it comes to regards to uh, letting Kyle Anderson go, letting Anthony Milton go, um, and just letting the, the next man up thing work out. Um, certain things just didn't happen. I expected for Zaire Williams to take some type of leap to just continue to be a player who can, you know, play defense, knock down threes, run the court, you know, get easy baskets around the rim, you know, alley oops, things like that. I did not expect Santi Aldama to take this type of leap. That's something they probably accounted for, but not this type of leap. No one predicted that. Yeah. Santi didn't think he'd go off like this. Um, and I thought John Conchar would be better, man. I thought he'd be a guy that, if nothing else, could knock down threes. He can. He shot the ball very well uh, throughout his career. 
And I thought that if he just got more attempts, you know, he'd be it would be more makes. And he's just just has not been that player at all uh, for the team. And I also expected one, just one of the rookies this year to kind of stand out. You drafted some guys who were older, some guys who you know kind of fit the Grizzlies formula. No one's really panning out, man. And we're we're mm-hmm. kind of uh, we're kind of pulling for Roddy and things like that. But no one's really uh, etched themselves in, in, as to being a rotation player the way that uh, you know guys like Desmond Bain looked his rookie year, guys like Zaire Williams looked his rookie year, and um, it's just not going as planned, man. And, and we're out here celebrating thirty-five-year-old Danny Green, you know, to come out here and be something. <laughs> Uh, and Daddy was fine today. He'll he'll be okay. He's a vet. Uh, it's just good to see him with uh just being mobile, man. Just being able to move around. Definitely. And uh, you know, he was a little trigger happy, but he, I think it was what one or four, something like that. But mm-hmm. uh, if anything, if he can just knock down threes and just not get killed on defense, I'll take it, man. Um, but we definitely need to do something, whether that's a major move, something that affects the starting lineup, or something that affects um, you know, the bottom of your rotation. You just can't go out there and like like this Zaire Williams play, man. Bless his heart, you know what I mean? But a three point foul, where you put Damien, you get Damian Lillard a four point play. Then mm-hmm. he comes down, he makes a three on the same possession. It's just constant. Yeah, you can't decisions. have stuff like that. Yeah, right. And, and and I'm at the point where I'm starting to believe that being an NBA championship con- contender and trying to maximize their development at the same time, it sounded cool and cute this off season. But you have to make a decision, man. If if you're gonna punt the season and just say we're gonna develop, do that. I'll be upset if that happens. But trying to do both is extremely frustrating to watch. And I, if you're trying to win a championship, you're trying to take advantage of having the second best record in the West, one of the best records in the NBA, in a, in a, in a season where the West looks as wide open as it ever has and probably ever will again. Be serious and make serious moves to make this team a championship contender. You just can't let this team just bleed. Um, losses and just you know have a situation where no one's making threes. Mm-hmm. You're, you're hoping for Danny Green to be. I mean, come on, man. Let's let's, be, let's make some real moves like a real NBA <laughs> team and just go get a championship because I can't. I I um I can't see them. And I'll say this: a lot of people saying, "Oh, they, they they're not going to do anything." Like I would be very shocked if they don't do anything. Just being. I honest. think they'll do something. I think they'll do something. Now, to, yeah, because you like you said, now. Like I don't think that they're just going to punt the season, like you said, because, I mean, it's obvious that if they want to win the championship, I think there's going to be they're going to have to make at least one move. They need another wing guy, at least off the bench, that can make threes. Now, they're like you said, they're asking for Danny Green to be that. I'm not sold on the fact that Danny Green is going to be able to do that, especially mm-hmm. because I now I will say if you're talking about Danny Green is just going to replace what John Conchar is doing. I think yeah. he can do that. Like that's not a problem, yeah, but I, mean, I still think, and I, I think I think he'll be better than what Conchar was doing too, right? But I still think they need one more guy. Now I don't know if they'll necessarily go after an OG Ananobi, which is the one that everybody's been talking about. Which I do think that would be a real. I think he would fit very well with the Grizzlies. Uh, like great lockdown defender. I think he has higher basketball IQ, and he's played. I mean, the Toronto system is another system where they they've had a lot of really solid players come through there and everything like that. So I do think that he could be successful here. I just don't know about the packages. I would be more likely to see somebody like a Malik Beasley. Like, I think that's one of the guys that would be most likely that they would go for like somebody on, on, on like that level. Now, when I went and I put the tweet out earlier today, they put a bunch of guys, but 
one thing I noticed and all the guys that people were putting, they, there's a couple of people that added some big men, but most of the people responded a bunch of forwards, where it was Bogdanovich, whether it was, uh, I saw some people talk about Robert Covington and it's just forwards that can shoot threes. Cause that's really <laughs> like, and it's like, so I, I'm just glad that everybody is on the same page on what the Grizzlies need. And I think the good thing is they have, they have a good number of options of where they could go and try to find that. Uh, but it's just going to be about like finding the right deal, I guess, because we know that the front office is not going to pull the trigger on a deal unless they are a hundred percent sure about it. I mean, that's 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 how they've been. Uh, even the just and the last time they made an in season move was the Justice Winslow trade, so it almost gives you a little, it makes you a little scary to the be first like, OG Ananobi. Yeah, the first OG Ananobi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They've been chasing OJ Ananobi for for four years now, and now they've got the real one right there in their face. Which makes me think they're going to trade for OJ Ananobi. Like I'm, I'm, I'll stand on it. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I do feel like there's something that's a great possibility. Um, it's just it just makes too much sense, man. I remember this summer, this off season when the first OG stuff came out. I was like, man, if there's a chance to get that dude, you go get him. And nothing about nothing I've seen this year makes me change my mind on that. You're talking about a guy who's 25 years old, one of the better on-ball defenders in the league, super versatile, can guard any any position, perimeter or down low, just like uh, Dylan Brooks has shown he's able to do. Uh, shoots the ball better from three. He's younger, much. He's a more efficient player, um, much less toxic probably than Dylan Brooks is. He kind of comes out there and does his job. A lot of he came into the league getting some uh getting the lazy uh Kawhi Leonard comp that a lot of guys get who are athletic mm-hmm. and can play some defense and kind of show some ability to knock down shots. Uh very lazy comp, and I'll take that one off the board. But I will uh counter that, Bryson, with a would you be surprised if he's Chris Middleton in three years at 28 years old? Who Chris Middleton? I mean, I don't know about maybe the offensive production, mm-hmm. but like I, th- I think that could be a good comp. I mean, he's scoring defense, like what yeah. sixteen a game now. Yeah, he's scoring like sixteen a game. But I feel like, I mean, Chris Middleton is that's that's saying he's going to be probably over twenty a game. I'd say. I mean, I right. know he's been hurt this season. I don't know if he'll get to that point. But I mean, I think if he gives you Dylan's production plus a little bit on higher efficiency, right. like I think that's I think that's a hell of a player. Game. Yeah, right. Because he he, he gives you it. About as much as what Dylan is going to give you on defense, if not. Dylan, Dylan on Xanax would be a pretty good player. Yeah. That's basically what you're talking about with OG mm-hmm. Ananobi. Basically. I'm a, yeah. I'm an OG fan, man. Like, he's a guy who I believe if he's putting a system that kind of caters to his strengths mm-hmm. and you're not playing them 40 minutes a game like they're doing in Toronto, I think that kid could be very good. And like I said, he's 25 years old. He would he – would, he would, he's a mild-mannered Dylan without the theatrics of Dylan. Definitely, and he shoots the ball better. He, he he's a better decision maker, much more athletic, uh, longer wingspan, things like that. Dude, I would absolutely love to see that guy here, e- even if it means trading Dylan to Toronto. And something else people have to think about: we're kind of talking like it's a done deal that, like this mm-hmm. summer, Dylan wants to be here and the Grizzlies want him here. Like we're talking like this, just like this, just Definitely. automatic. You know what I mean? Like Dylan hears the things that are said about him whether it be for media fans, whatever, and whether it be know, somebody I, that walks up to him in the dang airport yeah, telling him to pass the ball. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, you know, I'm sure I'm sure it's not a cutting cut and dry thing that is already done where Dylan's gonna be back next year. Like that that's still up in the air. And we talk about the Grizzlies like what they've never done. I don't think they're gonna put themselves in a situation where 
Dylan Brooks has him by the balls where he can just say, okay, I'm gone. And then you lose that asset. You know what I mean? So not many people are talking about, a lot of people are talking like Dylan's a lifer. Like he's, Dylan is a unrestricted free agent this summer. He can go whatever yeah. the hell he wants. He don't have to give the Grizz opportunity to match anything. He can just get the hell up out of here. You know what I mean? Yeah. That can happen. So I, I I think that us not putting that on the table, you know, that's something we need to put on the table for sure. Um, the OG Ananobi trade just makes so much sense, even if it's Dylan for him. He would be great in this offense. He'd be great in this defense. He does the exact same things Dylan can do. He can guard multiple. You can guard, put him on your point guard up to your center. And OG can, can you know, go out there and do his thing. He's strong, athletic. He's young. Mold, moldable, pliable. And, and he won't be as um, – uh, what's the word I'm trying to say? As um, not flammable. What's it called when two things can't go together? Combustible. As uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got you. Yeah, no, and I think that's another thing is people just assume that the Grizzlies are going to extend Dylan. Uh, and I, and it kind of reminds me of last season whenever it got around the trade deadline and people were talking about they should trade Kyle Anderson just because he's going to be an unrestricted yeah. free agent. And then they decided not to. And then he just goes and signs with somebody else. Right. You know? Well, now, I that think case, that was that, that was case, their decision. To, yeah. You're not trying to sign everybody. You do have mm-hmm. guys you have to spend money on. So yeah. letting Kyle go instead of trading his money. Mm-hmm. I don't mind that at all. But uh, I don't think they're going to let Dylan's money just roll off. I think I don't I think, think they will either. That's why I think something could very well happen at the deadline. Because we were talking about a week away, man. Does Dylan Brooks look like a guy who's happy here and they're happy with him? And let's go ahead and get this signed as soon as we can. Does that look like? Because, I mean, if that was the case, it probably would have happened this summer. That's you know yeah, I mean? that's, yeah. If if they were if they were sold on what Dylan was going to be doing, I think he would have signed the extension over the summer mm-hmm. as well. Right. And beca- just because I don't think – I mean, you got to think that any extension that they would offer him this summer – it's probably going to be a little bit more than he would get into open market this year just because of his up and down play kind of this yeah, year. Yeah, he really hadn't been that good. So. Yeah, that's the thing. Because people were talking about like, oh, it's going to be contract year, Dylan. And because, well, the last time he was in a contract year, I know he had that crazy like January stretch that everybody always goes back to. That was like the best stretch of his career. Mm-hmm. And they thought maybe we could get that for the entire season, but it just really hasn't panned out like that. But yeah, I think that OG Ananobi, I think he's the top of everybody's list. I think I saw him reply to more than anybody else. The other guy that's also uh kind of like from the same team was Gary Trent Jr. I saw a lot of like people him. talk about him. I like which him. I think that Gary Trent Jr. would probably be more likely just because it takes it will take less assets to get him. And I think I mean, it might be a little bit difficult to match money, kind of like we said, it, and it would be hard to do it without throwing in somebody like Danny Green, who now that he's back, it seems like they act like now that he's actually played. I'm pretty sold on the fact that they are thinking that he's going to play for them this this postseason. Mm-hmm. Like they think that he is going to be a valuable guy off the bench. Now, a couple weeks ago, I was still thinking like if 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 he hadn't played yet, I would still be saying he's probably going to get traded. But now that they've brought him off, like brought him out and played him, I don't think he's going to get traded anymore. So that's going to be the other hard thing. It's just going to be how is the money going to work? But I think Gary Trent Jr. is a guy that I think could help a lot. I mean, he would definitely help in the three-point shooting department uh, because, I mean, I still think that's the number one issue is just get a guy that can knock down an open three-pointer because, I mean, I think we've kind of seen it too on the stretches. Not only is it – like not only is it just kind of disheartening to see guys miss wide open threes, but it's also like I feel like Ja gets so much 
more attention just because there's not a lot of guys out there that you can uh, trust to consistently knock down a three. So kind of like when they were talking about uh, when they built the wall with against Giannis a couple years ago, and they kind of had to get through that. It seems like that could be another thing that the Grizzlies are going to have to get through too, because not to say that the teams have had like a ton of success with it because Ja has still put up like great numbers, even when they are like doubling him and they're forcing him to pass and he's putting up great assist numbers, but it's just been harder for them to win games since they've been doing that. So it's not necessarily the fact that I think Ja needs to do anything different. And I think that's the thing. It's like, I don't think Ja is necessarily doing anything wrong when it comes to how he's reacting to some of the defenses he's seen. I mean, I think he has turned the ball over a little bit too much from time to time, but I think you could say that about everybody on the team because they get careless with the ball a lot. Uh, but I think he really just needs some more shooters around him. And I think a guy like Gary Trent Jr. would help with that a lot. Yeah, man, I'm a I'm a big fan of Gary Trent Jr. And a, a birdie told me at one time, this could be absolutely wrong, but I think I remember hearing that he had fans in this front office the year of his draft. Uh, you know, that was, that was when Chris Wallace was still here. And we went with, um, what's his name? Point guard for the books, defensive player. Oh, Javon Carter. Yeah, we went with Javon Carter instead. Um, and I think there were people that were in that front office that preferred Gary Trent Jr. over Javon Carter. I like Gary Trent Jr.'s game. He can knock down threes. He can play on on or off the ball a lot. He's a guy that uh, if you got if you get him, um, he can kind of do a lot of what Tyus does, maybe as well. Not not as far as being a point guard, but as far as being a guy you can play beside. John Morant, and you can put him on the ball some too. Um, I like his game. A lot of people call him a little Dylan Brooks because <laughs> he gets, <laughs> he gets kind of inefficient and shot happy at times. Uh, I like his game. I would love to get him. Hey, why not get both of them? Why not make a deal that gives you gets you OG Ananobi and Gary Trent Jr. at the same time? Let's do it. Uh, I'm, I'm down for anything like that, man. Anything we can do to um, to make some more guys that can score and be efficient on this team. So man, I'm um I'm down for all of it. Those those are definitely two guys I'd be interested in taking a look in for sure. Okay, yeah. Oh, there's another thing too. If you get Trent Jr., man, in the event that you decide to tr- trade Tyus either this deadline or the next deadline, I'm I'm down for a guy like Gary Trent Jr. because he's not your traditional backup point guard. He can play on or off the ball, and he can mm-hmm. relieve some of those minutes at backup point guard. Because I'm not I'm not where a lot of people are when it comes to Kendy Chandler. I mean, he's fine. I think he plays okay defense, but I don't want another primary like backup point guard. I don't want a guy that's all he can do is play point guard. I like yeah, I get a that. combo guard league, man. I can't even, you know, who who was playing backup point guard for Damian Lillard tonight? You remember? Uh I guess Anthony Simons. Anthony Simons yeah. he slides over and plays he slides over and plays the one. Like it's like Jordan Poole slides over and he plays the one but Steph. Like you don't you don't have when you when you have a superior level point guard like a John Morant your backup doesn't have to be great. Like it's, I've mm-hmm. always argued with people about stuff like that. Like you, like just get a guy who can, you know, play beside you who can knock down threes, you know, whatever. And that's what they're doing with Tyus this year. Like Tyus Jones has been more, much more of a D'Anthony Melton replacement than anybody else in their roster that they've tried to make one. D'Anthony, he's been the backup shooting guard for a lot of the season and the guy who's provided his scoring punch this year. So yeah, a guy like, I would love a guy like Gary Trent Jr. for that reason alone. Yeah, and I like what you said about Tyus kind of taking over the D'Anthony role because a lot of people were saying that was going to be Conchar, but that just hasn't panned out at all. It's had and, to be Tyus, you know. What yeah, I mean? it's, it's yeah. 
Which that that's a big thing because I think I mean he's he's definitely stepped up. I think he started he started slow. I mean the whole team started a little slow, but him in right. particular started slow. Uh, but I think that he's gotten a lot better, and yeah, he's kind of been playing backup two guard as well. But I still think that's still the position that they that people are going to be looking at, and I think it's mostly just because a lot of people think that if there is a trade, like John Conchar is definitely going to be a part of it. I feel like just because of how he's been playing over the last. Why couple not? Years. Why not? Yeah. Just throw them in there to make some type of numbers work. <laughs> yeah, I'm down for that. <laughs> I mean, like, like, look, I'm like, I've I've always been a big John Conchar fan. You know, I think that he's a great person and everything like that. But we can't, like, yeah, you can't, you can't go out there and have these zero point nights, zero for four, zero for five from three, stuff like that. Uh, and I think that's kind of the thing that is gonna. Because th- that's the thing that they needed needed the most out of him is just knock down open threes. And it's like if he's not knocking down open threes, then he's a negative on the court because he's not going to get it no back problem. on defense. Yeah, he's not going to get it back on defense. And I think that's what, another. What happened to the eight, nine, ten rebound games from JD? I don't even remember seeing any of those this year where he's been exactly. sticking his nose in there. And getting... I ain't seen none of that. But anyway, yeah, I remember like last year seen he had John a lot Conchar's of those. last game. Hmm. We might have. If they're because... making a deal. Conchar is going to be in it just to make some type of numbers work, I'm sure. I, I think so as well. I mean, they just signed him to that three-year extension too. And I think it's one yeah. of those where it's like a team is willing to take on that. So I think it's like six or seven million a year. Uh, and then it's like an easy contract to probably get rid of if you really need to, like later on. So I think that's something that a lot of teams will look at. And then who knows, maybe he'll go somewhere and start knocking down threes like Yuta Watanabe does on the net. And so I'd be just, proud of him. I'll be so <laughs> be happy. Like, yeah, good. Like, congratulations, man. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, but another guy that a lot of people wanted me to, to talk about on this pod, too, is Cam Reddish. Now, I feel like this one is probably the more polarizing one because I feel like a lot of people say that Cam Reddish has kind of that same streak that like Dylan does where he'll just mm-hmm. have these stretches where he will just shoot everything and take and I'm we saw it when the Knicks played the Grizzlies the first game of the season and I think he took one of those like step back three pointers when they were down two with like 50 seconds left with like 16 on the shot clock and it's like stuff like that mm-hmm. is what worries me about him but mm-hmm. I then also go back to when, like, you got to remember when Cam Reddish was coming out, like, especially out of high school and college, they mm-hmm. were talking about he's one of the most talented. Top player in the country. Yeah, top Next player ball in the country. And mm-hmm. I remember there's a video of Anthony Edwards, I think, from, like, right after high school when they were talking yeah. about it, And they were talking about how much Cam Reddish. It was like, he only gave you 40? Like, he was giving dudes, like, 50, 60 everywhere. And it's just, so it's like, he's got the talent to do it. And it's just going to be about trying to get him to kind of like buy in. I think that would be the hardest thing would be trying to get him to kind of buy into this kind of culture that they've built here. Yeah, for sure. Let, let's let's play a game real quick because people don't want to go here with me when we when we talk about Cam Reddish. And I'm not saying the Grizzlies need to trade for him, but how dare you, Grizzly fans, look down the nose of a Cam Reddish. Uh, let's play a little game, all right? Now, we all know that chemistry, fit, um, front offices, coaches, all these things play into whether a guy is good or bad. Like, it's not just, you know, you just throw a guy out there and he's either good or it's bad. A lot of things play into that. Let's do it. Let's go back in time. Let's do a little, let's do a little role reversal, a little, a little, a little wings, wing swap. You know, there was a show, uh, what's it called? Wife swap or what's it called? I don't know. Yeah. Why, yeah. Wife swap. <laughs> yeah. We're going to do, we're going to do wing swap. Let's take Zaire Williams. 
let's get him drafted by the Atlanta Hawks as a rookie in an organization that was rushing, trying to get Trey Young some talent around him, abandoned the whole youth thing, um, and they went and got some veteran players. And then you say, okay, that guy's Zaria Williams. He's got some tools. He's not playing, but he's toolsy. He should be playing. Let's trade him to the Knicks. Yeah. Playing for uh, 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 Coach um, – can't think of his name right now. Thibodeau? Or- Coach Thibodeau. Yeah. Who, who doesn't play young guys and runs his, runs his stars into the ground. All right. Are we really going to act like Zaire Williams would have the exact same fate that Cam Reddish has in the two stops he's had in Atlanta yeah. and New York? I don't think so. Definitely not. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying he would have been the same dude. It's like a whole band. Yeah. Zaire would have broke through. Like, no, he would have been. He, he probably wouldn't be in the league. He's just be honest with you. You wouldn't be hearing anybody talking about let's go trade for Zaire Williams. That wouldn't be out there. All right, let's do a little reversal. Let's say your Memphis Grizzlies acquired Cam Reddish. And gave him every opportunity to succeed, developed him, played him alongside John Morant. Um, you know, gave him starters minutes, got him in rotation, did everything they could to get him going. You think that dude would have the same would look like Zaire Williams right now? Like Zaire looks right now? Yeah, nah, I think Stop that playing yeah. with me, bro. <laughs> yeah, nah, that's facts. I mean, especially if you, like, like a, I said. if you ask a Grizzlies fan, they're looking down their nose and care. Oh, the guy's a bum. He's been bad at two places. Mm-hmm. It's there are several factors going to that, bro. That's what I'm now, saying. I ain't saying yeah. he, I ain't saying he, he's not perfect. You know, he's not the perfect player. Go get him. I ain't saying none of that. But don't tell me he ain't better. He ain't better than Zaire Williams. Don't tell me that. I think just from like a pure like score standpoint, like he's somebody like you can't you can't trust Zaire reliably to throw him the ball and get you a bucket yet. Like he's not at that level. I think Cam Reddish is a guy. Now I'm not saying I want to do it in the fourth quarter with the game on the line. But if it's in the third quarter and some, if and some guys need Cam some Reddish, rest. If I could take Cam Reddish, who came out in the same draft that John Morant did, mm-hmm. who's younger than John Morant, I believe, because he came out as a freshman. Mm-hmm. John came out as a sophomore. If you tell me I can I can take that dude and, like, like give him a total restart, play him in the G League a little bit, and just, you know, just kind of get him in our system, get him around this culture. Come on, man. Don't tell me that dude would be a baller here. Like, what are we talking about? Dude's like one of the better be. players in, in the world. When he was in high school, man. Come on, bro. Like, if there's a trade where I can do John Conchar and some second round picks to get that dude, the Grizzlies would be silly not to have him on the end of your bench. I think see, and, and that's the thing, is I'm like, if if that deal was offered and they hadn't taken it, then there's a problem. Now, my thing would be that deal must not have been offered yet. That's I'm holding out hope that they have they just haven't gotten a deal that's that good yet. That's the only y'all thing. Y'all think y'all think Cam Reddish ain't better than Jake Larabian? Yes, what y'all think? Oh, I mean, nah, he's definitely better. Like, you can go, <laughs> you can on, go down the bench. Like, like let's talk Radio. basketball, bro. Let's I talk basketball. I take him over David Roddy. Like, I mean, I, I take him over the rookies they got this year. I take him over Conchar yeah. right now. If we like, didn't, if we didn't like take Conchar by the hand and be damned if he wasn't a, a player in the Grizzlies system, he would not be in the NBA. Like, there's no other team where John Conchar would be John Conchar. The NBA don't true. give a damn about you, bro. They will get you up out of here. Like, we we take our rookies and we give them every opportunity to succeed. Xavier Tillman would not be in the NBA if he played for another team. I would say uh, you could say the same thing for, like, Santi, too. I mean, that's a first-round pick. You send him to a G League yep. for a year. See, a lot of teams would have gave up yeah. on that dude. A lot of teams. But he's pushed through and he showed you he can play. Like, he mm-hmm. for sure can play. But, man, Definitely. like, we we give up, we extend a lot of grace to our rookies. Like, it, 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 I've seen so many fans look down the no, look down their noses at Cam Reddish. Like, that dude has got squandered. But in the two opportunities he was in, if we had a, got that guy as a freshman, Cam Reddish would have been a player for us right now, man. Like, 
Definitely. Same way with Rui Hachimura. Like, that's another dude. I was like, why didn't they go get that dude? He's young. He's friends with Brandon Clark. They played together. Go get that dude, man. Don't tell me that dude ain't better than um, Zaire, bro. Like, what are, we, what are we talking about? Anyway. Definitely. Nah, definitely. And I think this is the thing where... Don't tell me got... Rui Hachimura ain't better than Jake LaRavia. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Talking nah, about, definitely. Like, let's definitely. talk basketball, bro. This dude's terrible. <laughs> And I think I think the like what you said earlier about people wanting to go with like the development versus the contending, and I think that's going to be the big thing, is that if 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 the front office is going to be like we're going to sell out to win the championship this year, which I think they should, because you look at it, you look at everything right. You still got Desmond Bain on a rookie deal. Jaron is still in the first year of his contract. His is actually a declining deal, so he'll be making less. Mm-hmm. But that Josh Supermax kicks in next year. Right, so every year after this, it's gonna be harder and harder to get more to acquire guys. talent, man. Yeah, get, so get who like, you're gonna get now. Yeah, so you can get who you're gonna get now. Get and get like the bird rights and all that kind of stuff. Like yep. that, all that stuff is important, it, and it's gonna be important now. They're gonna get bailed out a little bit because of the salary cap jump that's gonna happen in a couple years. That's gonna help them out a little bit. But when you talk about the guys that they got on the team, it's like that's and I think that's why so many people are so sold on them making this trade now. Uh, at the deadline is because they want them to go ahead. Well, a lot of people thought last year the same way. Like last year was a year. It's like, okay, let's go ahead and start. Let's switch over to contending. And I'm one of the people when they got, when they let Cal walk and all that, I was thinking they were going to try to bring in some more people, maybe like a veteran or two. Yeah. But they just completely just went the opposite of that. So I think let's be honest, man, it is not playing out the way they thought it was going to be. Because Jake LaRavia and David Roddy are not rotation players. Definitely. No, and th- and that's what I was saying. Like, when it was a guy like, even a guy like Dante DiVincenzo. Zaya Williams is not a rotation player. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Like, and I was looking at guys like in the offseason, like a guy like Dante DiVincenzo. Yep. I would have taken him here in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that was one of the guys where I was like, hey, he's probably not going to sign for much. He's coming off an injury, but he's going to play defense and he's going to knock down threes. And it's right. like, that's that's all that's all they really need off the bench. And I think that's right. still what they're searching for. And I mean, if you're being honest, that's what they've been searching for for the last 10 years, you know, like it's been the same thing that they've been trying to get uh, since the grit and grind there. They just, they've always just needed more shooting and they just haven't, I mean, they got Desmond Bain now, which he's obviously the best shooter I think they've had. I mean, besides Mike yeah, Miller, but yeah, like, yeah, 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 Mike wasn't shooting like this, but no, yeah, he wasn't shooting like this. It's a different era too. So it's right. like his numbers are a little bit inflated just because of the different era, but like, yeah. And that, I don't think that's why a lot of people are feeling like they're going to make a move now at the end of the day, you know, they're still second in the West and all that. I don't have any issues about, you know, the regular season. This is more I'm thinking of playoffs, you know, man. playoff series. Like, it's not a question. On, like, that's why all, all the stuff from the offseason, when people talking about the Grizzlies were going to be a play-in team and all that, that was all, like, foolishness. That was never going to mm-hmm. happen. Like, they were never going to be a play-in team. But I still think they're still one – I think they they might be one move away. They might be one move with two or three players, or they might be just one one player away. Like I think if they right. get one more, like they just need one consistent dude, whether that's OG, OG and Anobi, yeah, whether that's OG and Anobi, whether that's Malik <laughs> Beasley, uh, whether that's Can we talk Malik Beasley. We didn't even talk Malik Beasley yet. Nah, let's go. Let's go Malik Beasley. I I, I like Malik Beasley just because. Like, look, it, if we're going, like, off what we've been saying, like, I'd rather play Malik Beasley over Zaire right now. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, you in, think? in five years, <laughs> who knows about five years from now? But if you're talking about for this season, yeah. And, I'm okay I'm okay with thinking Zaire Williams is never going to be good, good. 
Like, I think it's going to be a time where he's not a bad player, but I don't ever think it's going to be a time where – because good Zaya Williams is like Paul George, and I don't think that's his, who he's going to be. Or good Zaya Williams is Mikael Bridges, and he ain't him either. Yeah. But – and then you look, Mikael, he's shooting, I think, over 36% from three. You know, not anything crazy, but better than a lot of the guys the Grizzlies got right now. Right. And I think averaging 13 a game, and it's like a guy like that, I think that's another guy – who and I think the Jazz are going to be selling. I think that's the other thing because the Jazz do not want to be as good. I don't think the Jazz want to be as good as they are right now. No, uh, I no. think they're they're still trying they're still trying to play for the ping pong balls and all that. Right. So they I don't even think they really worried about this season. So I think if they can trade him out and get some more draft picks, and I think that's the other thing is the Grizzlies. The big thing is they got that Warriors pick, uh, twenty twenty four. Mm-hmm. Which a lot of people it's looking like you know Draymond might leave. You don't really know what's gonna go on with Clay and all that. He's been hurt the last couple of years. He's finally mm-hmm. back now, but you don't really know what's gonna happen. It's like who knows where that pick is gonna be. So I think if you and that's another thing is when it comes to first round picks, I do not care about first round picks anymore. Like that sounds crazy no, to a lot of people. I do not care. But like, yeah, like I do not care about a first round pick because in unless it's a top 10 pick, like you're not gonna get I don't think you're gonna. I mean, I mean, yeah, like you got like Desmond Bain. There, there's not another Desmond super Bain lucky. Through. Yeah, there's not <laughs> another Desmond Bain coming through where you're gonna get a guy who's now a top 30, 40 player in the league at the back half of the draft. Like that, that doesn't happen often. So and can if, I say this too? We we mm-hmm. we we are going to stop saying that this front office doesn't miss too, because yeah, let's stop saying it because two years in a row we traded we traded Zaire Williams. We could have traded drafted. Trey Murphy, flat out. Now, I know we got Steven Adams, whatever. We could have drafted Trey Murphy straight out. You traded that for up to the 10th pick to take Zaire Williams. Zaire Williams ain't better than Trey Murphy. This yeah. year, you could have drafted uh, 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 Walker Kessler at your spot. You traded up to get Jake LaRaven. Jake LaRaven is terrible. Like, yeah. let, let's stop acting like these guys don't miss. Those are two clear misses that I'm looking at straight in the face. Not just that, like, there were other guys at 10 that were better than Zaire that you could have taken that were better than Zaire. Like, I'm not going to act like these guys have this all-seeing eye for talent because I, I you've missed. And and no, and you drafted five dudes this year, and the best one is playing in, in, in South Haven. Mm-hmm. You just want to be honest yeah. with you, bro. Like, the be- hey, the best, nah, hold up. The best, one, the best one is a G League All-Star, though. He's a, he's rising That's what I'm star, saying. right? Yeah. So. That's what I'm saying. That, that dude in that All-Star weekend is going to be like, oh, shit, why is that guy that playing for the Grizzlies? Hey, you tell me. Yeah. Anyway, I love our front office, man. But these guys are not perfect, and I've seen that two drafts in a row. Definitely. I mean, and that's that's a thing. It took Santi at thirty. It took Santi what thirty? Yeah. Come on, man. But you traded up to get Zaire. It looks like he can't play. But anyway, I mean, yeah, and it's like you can look at it, and it's kind of weird. I want to look down your nose as it Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish. Yeah. And then I the mean, it's kind of like because they've done good draft, they've done well drafting like most of the time. I mean, you look, but when you really look at it, like Ja was like the obvious pick. There was nobody else they could really pick there. They they like let's be honest, we look they're good. They man. Not, the I, they're they're, they're yeah. great. And that summer that they got D'Angelo Melton added to the roster, a uh, bunch of other like moves they did around the edges to kind of make mm-hmm. stuff work. Trading and getting Brandon Clark worked out really yeah, well. Yeah, Brandon, like getting Brandon, that. turning turning that Mike Conley trade and all they turned it into. I think you got two first round picks for Mike. You got uh 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 Jake Crowder out of that deal. Yeah, you got uh, Grayson Allen. You flipped all those you know assets. Great stuff you've done. They're a very smart team. But man, 
look, I need y'all to have that same energy y'all had in 2000, I think, 19, 20, when y'all identified um, a young athletic wing that you want to have to be the, the final, you know, the guy that kind of glues things together between Jaron Jackson Jr. and John Morant. When you thought that, oh, my God, I'm about to say this name. When you thought that Justice Winslow, of all people, was that guy. <laughs> but you identified a guy, you traded whatever it took to get him. Use that same energy this time next week. Go get OG Ananobi and make it work. I don't give a flying. Can I say the F word? <laughs> I don't give a flying. Y'all know what goes right there about draft picks. I don't. I don't need the opportunity to draft Drake Jake Laravia three out of the next six years. I don't, I don't care if I lose that opportunity. And like I broke down on Twitter, I might be wrong. You can help me with the math. You have to go to State Warriors pick as well as your pick that season whatever season that is. If you trade your pick, it's like you didn't trade your pick because you still got the Golden State pick, which is a better pick. Mm -hmm. So four out of, you're not going to lose three out of the six. You're going to lose four out of the, you're going to lose two out of the six. So four out of the next six years, you'll still have a draft pick if you trade three first-round picks. You're going to be one of the better teams, not just in the West, but in the entire NBA. This team is giving, This team hasn't even hit their stride yet. They haven't hit their peak yet. They're not in their prime. So once you start doing that, you're going to be one of the top teams in the West and in the league to come, you're talking about drafting anywhere from 25 to 30. Who gives a shit about those picks if you're not if you're getting those or not? If you have one of the better teams in the league, a team that has John Moran, Desmond Bain, OG Ananobi, and Jaron Jackson Jr. in your front line. Not not sure what the center situation is going to look like. Is Jaron going to be the center? Steven Adams going to be your center? But regardless, four of your five guys are guys that are young, and they'll be. And in six years, OG Ananobi will be the oldest player, and he'll be 31. Exactly. What are we talking about? Bro? What are we talking yeah. about, bro? <laughs> yeah, and the whole thing is like when it when it comes to like chemistry stuff, I get it. But when it comes to people talking about first round picks, that's the thing. I'm not worried about first round picks like yeah. right now. Like I don't like care about this chemistry stuff. When yeah. the last time you seen these dudes pop shaking and twerking and stuff, they getting their ass handed to them. Lose five straight, y'all start looking at each other crazy. I don't mm -hmm. care about what y'all chemistry, that's how much y'all like each other. You lose that's five true. straight, y'all start looking at you lose. You lose six out of seven like we are now. People start looking inside each other's head. And all the Especially, and all this stuff is it does hurt. It hurts because it's six in the West, too. I think that's the other thing. It's like, that's the worrying part. Yeah. It's like, and it's it's not even just like the top five. Like, I you mean, obviously. Six straight games against teams in your conference. Mm -hmm. That's, it's, it's a bad look. And I think that's why, my like, before, before we kind of close, I think that the Grizzlies will make a move now. I know we talked about a good crop of guys i would still say the number one thing i like to see them is try to go get og Ananobi or malik beasley those are probably the top two guys because if you can't go get og whether it's because yeah whether that's because you don't want to give up whatever if the front office don't want to give up whatever they want to give up for og Ananobi, they're going to be asking for a lot i know that i still think the grizzlies have the assets for it but it's going to be a conversation of if they're actually going to pull the trigger on it or not i think malik beasley yeah. a guy like that Maybe even like either Bogdanovich, you know, either one of them, maybe just like somebody mm -hmm. that can come off the bench and shoot. I think that's going to be the, the number one thing they're going to be looking for. And I would expect uh, John Conchar to definitely be in the deal, uh, whichever, wherever right. it's going. Got to balance out the white guy, man. man. You can't, you can't bring in a white guy and not send one out. Come on. Now. <laughs> man. But no, nah, man. But seriously though, like, um, all the stuff you're saying, I'm fine with it. Um, I'm going to tell you this. On the OG stuff, it seems like, to me, that the stuff you're hearing about the three first-round picks, 
I think that's their starting price, but I think that they'll go for less. I don't care if they go for the same. I don't care if, if three picks goes out and you get OG. Um, but I think that I think Toronto. I think that the stuff. That, I think that the stuff between Toronto and Memphis is real. I don't think that I don't have any intel on that at all. But I do believe that there that's a real. There's real conversations to be had, and it seems to me like the Grizzlies are haggling over something. Like whether it be a third draft pick or what young player they want back. Uh, if it's Zaire, I don't give a shit. Get him, get him the hell up out of here. I don't care if if Zaire rolls or not. But I think it's something they're haggling over. But I, but I think that OG to Memphis deal has legs to it for sure. Definitely. Uh, but before we close, I know this is the second time on here, but go ahead and show everybody who is going to be listening where they can find you, find your work, and everything like that. Find me on Twitter at Saint Asylum. I te- kind of taking a break from Twitter as far as like putting stuff out there and responding. It feels good to be back. Uh, doing that, you can hear me on the Jason and John show, ninety two ninety ESPN, every Friday at eleven twenty five. I come on with them. Um, also, I do a podcast with Jason Smith, uh, the Grind Season podcast. You can find that here. Have you listened to this podcast? Go in the search engine, type in Grind Season S Z N. Me and Jason Smith do a great podcast twice a week for you guys. Uh, you also can see me on ABC twenty four um, on the nine one uh, Sports XL. Uh, segment comes on every Sunday night at 10.35. I'm not on there every week, but I'm on there a lot. So, yeah, check me out on there too, man. Just out of trying to do my thing, bro. For sure, for sure. And be sure to follow and subscribe to the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network wherever you're listening to this. Uh, got podcasts coming out every day with Grizzly Bear Bets, Start at 5, GBB Live, Core 4, Got a lot of good stuff, a lot of good content coming out every day about the Grizzlies. And we'll see y'all next week where we'll be reacting to whatever the Grizzlies do in the trade deadline. I guess we'll know what happens more over the next couple of days.